Thank you guys. The word of God. Amen. It's a long passage. I very much appreciate that. Let's continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are good. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of honor and glory and power. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would be magnified in this time through your word. You'd be magnified in this message, Lord, that you have spoken to our children. God, may it go to our hearts as well, Lord. I pray the Holy Spirit would work on these people, Father. Bring them to repentance and new life in your name. That name is Christ. In all things we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Luke Johnston. I'm the associate pastor here. And as I said, this was my first VBS that I was able to take part here at First Covenant. And I can see we have a lot, uh, a lot of kids here with us and a lot of volunteers. So I have the pleasure of being able to basically give you the same message uh, that these kids have been hearing all week. So I just want to take you through real quick a couple of the characters, a couple of the, the friendly animals you can see here on the stage uh, that the kids got to meet and what they had to say. So day number one. Now, remember, kids, when I say this, these certain words, you know what to say afterwards. When life is unfair, God is good. Yes, we learned that from Mac, the rhinoceros. He came along and he told us different uh, situations in the African safari of when life can be unfair. But we remember God is good. Day number two, life is scary. God is good. Yes. It was told to us by the bird Hooper. Um, and it was great to hear from the kids uh, various different uh, situations when life can be unfair and when life can be scary. And then a very timely thing going on here in the Midwest. Storms are very scary. Tornadoes can be scary. I heard this from several kids. You know, I'm scared of storms. I don't want to see a tornado. I'm right there with you, buddy. I don't want to see him either. I can even imagine last night with the storms that were going through. Uh, I think Jamie and I were more afraid than Nora was in her crib that was being shook. She just slept right through it. All right. Day three, we learned from Marge that when life changes, God is good. All right. We're getting a little bit weaker here. We need to let's try a little more time. Parents, you want to join in? When life changes, God is good. That's right. A lot of the kids talked about big changes that happened in their lives. When we move, when different family dynamics change, um, topics of like divorce, hard things. And I'm so glad that these kids have been so vulnerable and so open and so honest, um, especially when talking to one another. We even from volunteers, when life changes, when we grow older and different things happen, jobs change. God is good. So then we learned from Zion, the lion. The lion, the king of the jungle, that when life is sad, God is good. This is a tough day. This is an important day for our VBS, but a tough day. Because it is hard to talk about when life is sad. Because life is sad. <laughs> yes. We see, you know, a lot of kids talked about when their friends are sick. Or when someone in the family has died, this is tough. But once again, these kids were so vulnerable and open 
And even though we were able to say life is sad, they continued to yell out, God is good. And then finally, our last day, we learned that even when life is good, we mustn't forget that God is good. We praise him in the hard times. We praise him in the good times. And so, as you can see, we hammered not only in my head, the staff said, volunteers said, God is good. And this is an important, important, fundamental piece of what it means to be a believer, to be a Christian. We hold on to that truth. So my question is, how on earth can we make such a claim? How can we say that when life's unfair, when life changes, when life is sad, that God is good? What do you mean he's good if all these things happen? Does he, does he care? How are we saying that? And my response and the response that we learned in VBS is that we know God's character. We know God's character. From our scripture passage today, we see the Apostle Paul. He's speaking to the Corinthian church. And he's under a time of persecution. He's been traveling around, sharing the good news of Christ to one another. And he had a really tough, difficult time um, in Asia Minor, where he was stoned, they tra- was tried to, people tried to kill him. Him and his friends, they were uh, pushed out of the city. And he writes to the Corinthians and he says these words. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, church, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. We thought we were going to die. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again on him. We have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. The Apostle Paul stands before them saying that we life was really unfair. Things change a lot. But we're confident in God's character. What's his character? Praise be to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles when things are unfair, when they change, when they're sad, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we have received From God. How do we know that God is good? Because we know his character. His character is comfort. It's love. On him we have our hope. So therefore our faith. Our very act of belief. And the character of God are intrinsically attached. They're together. Why do we have faith in God? Why do we have faith? As it says, Abraham had faith and it was counted to him as righteousness. Faith is believing what God says. God said, Abraham, I'll make you a man who through you will be many nations. You will have a son in a great age. He said it's a time and time of people. We just read in our Bible study before this about the, the, the hall of faith. People that just simply believe that God said, I will get you from A to B. How do you have that faith? Well, it's because you trust God's character. 
It's the same way that I know uh, Jamie or Nora. I hope that they, they, they have faith in me. They trust me because they know me. They know my character. They know that I love them. They know that I want what's best for them. So uh, there's a great quote from Pastor Tozer, uh, first part of the 20th century. He said this, we, we wonder why we don't have faith. The answer is faith is confidence. Faith is confidence in the character of God. And if we don't know what kind of God God is, we can't have faith. We can't have faith. Faith is knowing God's character And when you know God's character, you can say, God is good. The writer of Hebrews, he says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. My question then to you Are you confident in God's character? Because if you're not, you will not have faith. Do you know the God that you worship? Is he alive in you? Do you have a personal relationship with the God of heaven and earth? Because if you don't, it's going to be really hard to have faith. Because you've got to know who he is. He's the God of all comfort. He's the God of grace. And because of that, we can go boldly before him. Do you know or are you confident in the character of God? So the kids this week in their Bible class learned about the Israelites and a man named Moses who led them out of Egypt. This is an incredibly important story. There's so much here. Now, as we know, God called the Israelites to be his people, his chosen portion. Now, the Israelites had fallen into captivity. They'd fallen into slavery in Egypt, as God said would happen. We see that played out in the book of Exodus. Now, there was a time where Pharaoh, who was the leader of the Egyptians, who was the king of the Egyptians, He had an order for genocide against Hebrews, the Israelites. He had an order to send out to kill all the babies. The horrible decree. And now one woman, an Israelite woman, put her baby in a basket. And her belief in God sent that baby down the river. And that baby was Moses. She had faith that God would protect this baby. And she knew that Pharaoh's maids and daughter were were hanging out down the river. So she put the basket down and... Sure enough, Moses floats in front of Pharaoh's daughter and maids and they pick up the baby and raise Moses as one of their own, as an Egyptian. Then one day when Moses is an older age, he sees the abuse, the oppression of the Israelites, and he's overwhelmed with righteousness, rage, whatever you want to call it, and he kills an Egyptian. In fear, he runs out of Egypt. He leaves Egypt and he goes out to live in the wilderness to be a shepherd. Now, one day Moses is out there amongst the amongst the sheep in this desert land and he sees what is said a bush, but it's more like a tree. 
in that part of the world that was on fire and the fire was not consuming. And he walks in and he hears the voice of God and he's brought in awe and power. And he's brought down to his knees and the voice of God begins to speak to him. And we see these words played out in Exodus chapter 3, 7 through 14. And I want you to pay attention carefully because this is such a key verse of the Bible that shows the character of God. This is what your children learned. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because they're slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. It's reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, Moses, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Verse 12, and God said, I will be with you. Do you know me? And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you brought those people out of Egypt, what's going to happen, Moses I'm telling you, you will worship God on this very mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. They they will ask me, what is his name, Moses? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. They will know that name. They will know that name. That is the name of the Hebrew God. And they are his portion. So God sees. God hears. He is not deaf. He is not blind. And God cares. He cares. And most importantly, God is doing something. And he did something. That's the character of God. He's not blind. He's not deaf. He cares. And he's doing something. He's not standing back. He's not a watchmaker God. He's not letting the world just do its thing. He's interacting with you and I. And he's reaching out to you. And he reached out to your kids. And he reaches out to you again this morning. Jesus came in the flesh as God incarnate and he got amongst the Pharisees, the Israelites, the Jewish people, and they began to hassle him and ask him who he was. And they said, get out of here with your your nonsense. Get out of here with your with your words. We listen to Moses. We listen to Abraham. And Jesus says before they were, I am. He uses that word. I am. That's the word of God. Jehovah, the, the, the provider of the people, of the Israelites. Jesus also said, if you have seen me, you've seen the father. 
If you've seen Jesus, if you have relationship with Jesus, you know the character of the Father. Jesus was the one who reached out to the margins. He reached out to people of all kinds. He cared deeply. The disciples were able to rest their head on Jesus' shoulder. Jesus cried. He felt. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, He healed the very person who came after Him. He healed their ear. He told His disciples to put away their swords. That night He's in the garden. And He's down praying before the Father. And it says that like blood was sweating. That He was sweating drops of blood because He was in such anguish for what He was about to do. And He spoke to God. And he said, God, if there's any other way, pass this cup from me. But not my will, your will be done. God knew exactly the character of Christ and Christ the character of God. Christ trusted and was obedient to God. Because he knew God was good. He knew God was doing something. And therefore, he took on the cross for the joy set before him. Because God is good. So God was not only doing something by just sending Moses. Yes, He was going to free the Israelites. And yes, they did go free. As God said would happen. But He was also preparing them, preparing His people to make way the name of the Lord. To make way for Jesus Christ. To make way for the cross. God's coming down, His ultimate answer. And on the cross, God's character is fully displayed. So I close with this. You may know this book. I read it in high school, and I don't intend to be heavy here. But it's such a powerful illustration of how God is good. This is Elie Wiesel. He wrote a book called Night about the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. He's a Jew. And there was a day where a young boy, this is a young boy, and two other men were caught for stealing bread in a concentration camp. And of course, to make a display of them, they were going to hang these men and this young boy. And it was a terrible scene, and the book shows that it's just heart-wrenching to, to read. And so they go ahead and they hang these two men and this boy and the people in the concentration cramp are killing Elie Wiesel. They, they're crying out, oh my, this is terrible. How is this happening? Who could do this? And Elie Wiesel says this, behind me I heard a man asking, for God's sake, where is God? And from within me, Elie Wiesel says, I heard another voice answer this man. Where is he? Well, there he is. He's hanging from that tree. And he was pointing to the young boy that had been hung. God's answer. God's doing something. God's character and God's goodness are displayed in the cross. When God said, I see Moses, I hear and I'm doing something. He was talking about His coming to the cross. 
This is his answer. Christ's answer to our broken world, to when life is unfair, when life is unjust, when life changes. God is good because God made a way. God dealt with sin and death. He deals with people righteously. He's dealt with our sin that murders and oppresses. This is his answer. And there's no greater answer. Because in it, there is life and life abundantly. And because of that, Jesus was able to endure it. And it brought him joy. This is God's answer. This is God's character. It's the cross of Calvary. So I end with this quote. This morning while I was getting ready uh, to preach, I was listening to some worship music and this song came on. And you may know it. It's an older hymn and it just spoke so, so clearly to me about God's goodness. And it's, this is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. And one more time with me. God is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We give you glory. We lift you high and up, Lord. I pray that your spirit would continue to work on hearts here, God, that you would drive them to repentance and new life in your name. Thank you for this week, Lord. May these seeds continue to grow in our children, in these families, in our staff, in the volunteers. Lord, would you make them grow up to be strong trees with great shade and much fruit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.